1: Your blood runs orange and blue. orange and blue. blue. This,
0: this, this is for a positive for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. The Knicks had their eight-game win streak snapped by Toronto Wednesday night. Toronto beats the Nicks 113-106 at the garden. Toronto was powered by a you know a virtuoso 52-point performance from Pascal Siak. No question. A, a great game from him. He had everything working last night. The Knicks did get a pair of 30 point performances from Julius Randall and RJ Barrett. Manuel quickly added 20 points. He was inserted into the starting lineup for an injured uh, Quentin Grimes, who's listed as day to day due to uh, sprained ankle he suffered in the Warriors win, and when we didn't get to talk about because we waited to do this podcast Thursday. In um, that Warriors win, he did sprain ankle. He, well, he returned in that game, but did not start uh, and did not play the back to back against Toronto on Wednesday night. So quickly steps in. He has twenty. Brunson had an actually rare poor performance. Uh, he had only seven points on three or fourteen shooting, and he had five turnovers. So, a uh, lot to take away from in this in this game, Tommy. Uh, just just the start. Like, how do you feel the Raptors were able to snap this win streak? What do you think they did successfully to kind of uh, stop the Knicks winning ways?
1: Yeah, I think obviously the primary talking point is Pascal Siakam. Um, you know, we've talked about. Um, and, and everybody that covers the Knicks has discussed over the last two decades or so, this is a superstar league. The NBA is a superstar league, and the the, the, the Raptors had the best player on the floor. Um, a guy who's been an All-NBA two of the last three seasons is, is tracking towards yet another All-NBA selection. Um, f- f- tends to fly under the radar a little bit, playing up in, in Canada, um, and the Raptors haven't had much postseason success. But um, anybody that witnessed the destruction at the Garden last night can can attest Pascal Siakam is a legit stud, um, you know, to put his numbers in context, uh, not only did that have 52 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, the first and only player, um, uh, actually, the, the, the there's one other player that has had at least 50 points, uh, nine rebounds and five plus assists in the same game. Um, was LeBron James back in February 2009. Those are the only wow. two players in uh, the New Gardens history, basically since uh, you know, 1968, um, that player players posted those numbers against the Knicks as, as a visitor. Um, so that just kind of tells you how special, um, how epic that performance from Pascal Siakam was. Um, as far as um, uh, th- from a Knicks perspective, two things that Knicks had done really well throughout the course of their winning streak was limit turnovers and protect the glass, uh, rebound the basketball, and and they got bit in the butt um, on both of those ends. Um, they committed 17 turnovers against Toronto. Uh, Toronto, we should note, leads the league in, in forced turnovers, so it wasn't shocking. Uh, OG Ananobi leads the league in steals, and they have a bunch of other athletic, long defenders that clog passing lanes. And, and, and really, their kind of defensive structure... Um, Is kind of made to stifle, you know, a penetrating smaller guard like Jalen yeah. Brunson, um, and as evidenced by his statistical uh, output or production or lack thereof. Um, uh, so that the turnovers. Uh, Raptors got 21 points off 17 Knicks turnovers. That's going to kill you in a close game. Um, And the other thing is the Knicks had been uh, rebounding at a really great clip um, during their eight-game win streak. I think it was above 75% rebound rate. Um, They gave up 16 offensive rebounds to Toronto um, Wednesday night at the Garden. Um, so, you know, when when you give a good enough team, uh, those opportunities and, and and the Raptors are not only a, a talented team, they're also a desperate team. They were riding a yeah. six-game losing streak, had lost, uh, you know, multiple overtime games, had a crushing loss uh, to the Nets on a Kyrie shot the other night. Um, so they just had, had you know, had, had kind of been knocking on the door. Um, they came in. Um, the more desperate team, it showed. Um, the Knicks riding an eight-game win streak obviously didn't have the same level of urgency, um, despite you know Tibbs in their ear saying you know wins don't matter and you know forget about the win streak. It's human nature um, not to, uh, to to be quite as hungry um, as as the other team. And the Raptors hadn't eaten in a while; they were they yeah. were starved, and it showed. Uh, and they have a win to show for it.
0: Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, Tommy. I feel like. The Raptors certainly played desperate. This is not a team lacking talent. I mean, we know what Fred VanVleet has done in this league. We know Pascal Siakam, what he has done. And, and both guys I thought were tremendous. I thought uh, Pascal, obviously, with a 52-point performance. And he's a tough cover. You know, they play him at the five. And considering where the Knicks play, they play a lot of traditional five men, whether it be time, whether it be Mitchell Robinson, who actually got some time on Pascal, that that's those are matchups that Pascal's going to eat. And if you switch him onto a smaller guy, uh, it kind of leaves you kind of now in a mismatched position of some of those other guys they have on that team. Though, uh, Scottie Barnes, I don't know what his deal is. I mean, he had a great rookie season. He, he is, I don't want to say struggled mightily, but I know a lot of people who follow the Raptors have been disappointed in his performance this year. And last night,
1: or Wednesday night rather, just did not have it at all. I was I was shocked by by his play. He seemed you know hesitant to shoot. Clyde brought it up a couple of times. wasn't yeah. even looking at the rim um, when he got close to the basket. I, he he was he looked like he was on the path. Obviously, one rookie of the year, but he wasn't just that. He won rookie of the year. He was playing at an incredibly high level as yeah. a rookie, um, and and really you know was one of those guys that you know uh, to the point where you know when when the Durant rumors came up. Uh, you know, Raptor fans were like, "Yeah, we'd love Kevin Durant. It'd be awesome to have a guy that that could help us win a championship." But it, you know, uh, it, it, Scotty Barnes is so good that he, you know, he just he wouldn't even be considered in the conversation. Um, uh, Josh Bloomberg, uh, the the uh, uh, the uh, one of the NBA uh, beat reporters for the Raptors, um, tweeted that this last night. Scotty Barnes um, was a team worse, minus minus sixteen. Um, in a game, the Raptors yeah. won by seven. He's had a negative plus-minus in each of his last nine games, and eleven of the last twelve. He's minus eighty-four over that stretch. Nobody else on the team is worse than minus forty-one. So, um, good point. I, I actually meant to, to discuss that today. I was, I was, because I don't, I, I don't, I don't watch too many Raptors games. You know, yeah. you know, from from start to finish. Um, a team I like to keep an eye on um, because I'm a big Fred Van VanVleet fan. Um, but yeah, Scotty Barnes just uh, just looked like uh, not himself. It was weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's had a a little bit of an up and down season, and, and we certainly saw uh, some struggle in that game. But I thought Van Vliet really picked him up. He hit some big threes, and to me, I thought this game turned in two key parts. We can talk about the first half, but it's the first half. You know, teams make runs. So Knicks made a run. They got uh, not only did they come back. They actually took the lead in the third quarter. I thought they had a, a poor end to the third quarter and a poor start to the fourth quarter, and a lot of that came from uh, like you mentioned offensive rebounds. Uh, turnovers, um, defense slipped a little bit, and the Raptors were able to retake the lead in the third, and then get the lead back up to double digits in the fourth because of how they started those those periods. Now they had chances late, and they had a couple of plays. Um, I w- I'm still thinking about that RJ drive right where he he gets you know clobbered by OG. There's no call. I'm thinking about the quickly travel, you know, a, a big play there with they are up one, and you think okay, they get a three here, maybe they kind of bury them and. Uh, randall is pushing the ball he gets it quickly and quickly moves too fast and he travels but to me those those besides Pascal's performance and fred van Vliet, i thought the way the raptors just out hustled and just outworked the knicks to end the third and start the fourth were key some of that you got to put on the fact that it was a back-to-back for the knicks the knicks are riding um a team uh, of you know eight game running streak and you had no quentin grimes out there so they're playing a bit short-handed so not surprising, but I thought that those were the keys to the Raptors win and the Knicks uh, having their win streak snap.
1: Uh, a couple things on the Barrett play: um, could have got a foul called. I, I try, I try not to focus too much on the refs. Um, you know, they had forty-eight other, you know, forty-seven other minutes to to, to mm-hmm. kind of make up for it. Um, I thought he did a good job in the first half. He had, you know, he scored plenty of points and kept the Knicks in it by his production. But I forced some pass, you know, forced some shots. Um, you know, made some careless turnovers. Um, For me, Barrett's at his best. And he's slowly but surely improving on this. Is when he drives into the lane, and doesn't just put his head down and either get fouled or shoot. You know that that tends to be either you know um, he's not not converting a great percentage in and around the rim, but he does get to the free throw line a decent percentage. I like him attacking the basket as opposed to settling for threes. Um, so there's positive there, but I'd love to see him keep his head up a little more often and look for perimeter shooters. They didn't have Grimes tonight, but I Q was was on the floor with him. He could have kicked it out to him. Brunson's been knocking down his three pointers, um, so I think that's kind of the evolution in in, um, in Barrett's game, and, and we'll see it over this next you know this the, the final fifty or so games of the year, um, and, and throughout his career, um, we've seen Grimes already improve on that. Um, when you you know I think RJ has a has a tendency to just put his head down and drive, and you know either get to line or, or get a shot up. I'd love to see him keep his head up a little bit more and and, and look for open shooters. Um, on the IQ turnover, I agree with you. That could have been um, you know the turning point in the game. Um, yeah. I don't want to put it all on quickly because I thought Randall did it. Just you know, passed it to him in front of the but three point. line. It was kind of
0: an awkward. It was an awkward. Kind it was of, an yeah, awkward handoff, and I, I think IQ was getting
1: right, ready yeah. to shoot a three, but Randall left the ball on the floor inside the three point line, so IQ had to grab it and take a dribble back, and I, I think that caused the walk. And obviously, um, the one thing you didn't mention, um, but the the Randall miss at the at, at the hoop, yes. uh, in the last minute. To his credit, um, Randall thirty points, thirteen rebounds, it was thirteen of 13 inside the arc and only missed three pointers the entire game up to that point. Um, and then, but then, yeah, just an inexcusable ball slipped out of his hand. Um, it's a, that's a, that, that, that was a tough, but to, to airball layup uh, for someone as talented and strong as Randall is certainly frustrating. Um, but like you said, um, these are the kind of things that happen. Sometimes you get breaks to go your way. Knicks had benefited from other star players being out that they had played against this time. They played without Grimes. It happens. Yeah. It's part and parcel of the NBA. Um, you know, if you want to look at the big picture, Knicks have won eight of their last nine. Um, obviously, you know, you know, got a lot of victories in their pocket that they're going to need four games above 500 as we kind of progress towards the second half the season um so uh you know i guess if you want to look at the big picture that's one way to, to kind of you know, put it in perspective
0: yeah and randall he had a he had, not only was it that missed shot at the rim he also like on that drive where rj clearly got fouled, in my opinion uh he also the ball went right through his hands on, on that same play and it kind of led to a fast break going the other way Frank Beverly hits a back breaking three yeah now you're down four in a position where you look like you were at least gonna go to the line or randall maybe because it scored when the ball they kind of landed right in his hands and then just slipped right through his legs and
1: let Randall the was also was in, fast Randall was also in drop coverage on that Van Vliet three. And that's oh that, yeah. That's, that's hurt the next time. And again, this season, and then it came back to, to bite yeah. him in the butt that, uh, on that shot.
0: And I would do, and that was a crushing three as well. I do want to give Randall some credit because I thought the second time around him and quickly covered that so much better and Van Vliet shot an air ball. Yep. Um, yep. But you're right. The Knicks had great momentum and, you know, you know, Randall, he has these moments where he kind of just falls asleep on defense. He's been a lot better of late, especially during this winning streak, but that was a bad time there. He's, you know, seven feet off of Van Fleet who can shoot from 30 feet out. And, and, you know, as soon as uh, the shot goes up, quickly kind of looking at Randall, like, dude, you, you know, you gotta be up on that. So credit that they, next play they did card that much better. And uh, the Raptors I think saw that Randall was going to be someone they could exploit in pick and roll situations. And, um, that one play was a huge one. And, and him being so far back and drop, not not paying attention to the scouting report there hurt the Knicks. But he did have a phenomenal game. Again, um, I thought I thought his effort on the glass kind of helped him come back as well. Cause I don't know how many fouls he drew just by just mauling guys around the basket and just going after the ball. So he he played extremely hard. So I definitely don't want to bang on Randall. And um the one thing about RJ too, what I like what I'm seeing from him. We talk about those drives, and I've mentioned it a bunch this season, where I feel like he drives without a plan. Like he drives just saying, "I'm just gonna run in there," and like, you know, and then he says, "I'm just gonna go up," and he doesn't kind of think what happens if defense does just that. What I've seen him do, and usually I see him do this when he starts to really start to pick it up and go on a hot streak, is I see him either keep his dribble in the paint or pivot in the paint and then do a little pirouette and kind of go back towards the middle of the basket. And he got a couple of easy layups, easy floaters on that, a couple of easy passes on that. When RJ is keeping his head up and he goes to the basket, not just with, you know, kind of a wild, reckless abandon, but he's kind of piercing what the defense is giving him. He has the tools to be a very, very good offensive player. I mean, we saw last night, I I didn't think Toronto could guard him. I mean, and that's a really good defensive team regarding the kind of the amount of long, aggressive, strong wings i mean og on newbie is as good as guests defensively and rj at 30 so like it, it, you see these these games from him and you say okay you know why why can't he do this to start a season but it gives you hope that maybe there is a little bit of a of a turnaround happening with him i don't even know if you can call it a turnaround i mean you know, this is a, a long stretch here where he's played really well
1: yeah um, yeah um, Yeah. Over his last um seven games, he's averaging twenty four point nine points, five point four rebounds, shooting forty eight percent from the floor and thirty nine percent from deep. So that's that's as, as good as you can you can ask for from from Barrett.
0: Yeah, the one thing I thought that annoyed me in this game from a, a coaching standpoint, and I, I know I'm the guy who bangs on Tibbs, but I, I don't care because these are the games. My thing is I'm watching the games that are being played. And these are games that you're coaching, and uh one the timeout management seemed very odd. Uh, he called a terrible timeout after the team, to their fault, didn't realize he wanted the timeout. But then he, he called it late with 11 seconds left on the shot clock and left them with one timeout left for the rest of the game. And then after, I believe, the VanVleet 3, he called their final timeout with about a minute and 40 seconds left. And there were points in the game where the Knicks fouled late when they weren't supposed to foul, and there was clearly you know miscommunication issues that happened where if you have a timeout or two, maybe those things don't happen. So I thought his timeout management was bad and uh Hardenstein over Mitch I didn't understand either I know in that post game he said well Mitch got kicked and he was limping around and then we went on a run of Hardenstein so I just kept him out there but Hardenstein had nothing to do with the Knicks going on that run to come back nothing Uh, Hardenstein was awful last night so there was a couple there was a one office rebound where he's just like it's like his feet were in cement like, 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 the ball went right to him, and he just didn't move. And, it, and like, it's a back to Again, it's a back-to-back. He actually played more minutes the previous night than he normally does because there was such a, was such a blowout. So I think he was gassed. I didn't understand why Mitch wasn't in the game late, especially with the way Toronto was able to attack the attack the basket and attack the, the, the offensive glass. So I thought Tibbs didn't necessarily coach his best game at all. I mean, That was a factor in this loss.
1: Good point on the Tibbs' timeout issues. It's funny, you know, I was thinking – he actually got bailed out by the fact that it wasn't a one possession game down the stretch. You know, if they had, if they had needed the foul and, you know, Cut it to two, or cut it to three, or cut it to one, and advance the ball from their own baseline to half court a couple of times. They didn't have those timeouts to play with, um, and yep. it would have been talked about a lot more his poor usage of the timeouts. Um, so in a way, he kind of got let off the hook by them losing by you know you know multiple possessions uh, late in the game. It didn't come out to a you know where they needed to draw up a play, um, you know with with a, you know ten seconds left, twenty seconds left, whatever the case might be. Um, so so good point on that. On the one issue with um, Hartenstein, I'm assuming that it was because Mitch got hit. He went out for a rebound. I think it was like with six or seven minutes left. Yeah. Um, he got hit in a place you don't want to get hit in, um, and, and kind of limp back to the bench. So I'm assuming that he just wasn't physically able to go, um, you know, wasn't able to, to, um, complete the game and, and go back in the game. Because if not, I agree with you, um, heart that that's not a, a team against which Hartenstein is going to have success. Um, and, and he didn't. Uh, He played 23 minutes last night, missed four of his five field goal attempts um was a minus 16 uh in his 23 minutes that's that's the worst on the knicks last night so um there were you know we saw the night before with his outlet passing and w- we've seen some other stuff um but if the knicks aren't using him kind of as a facilitator um at the top of the key offensively he's you know his, his offensive production is going to be limited um he has not knocked down three pointers this season um you know i, I know that the the front office was hoping that fans were hoping that he'd kind of show um you know that the promise that he showed at the end of last season as a Clipper. Yeah. Um, that hasn't been the case thus far this season. So, um, you know, uh, to his credit, Tibbs has been, uh, you know, maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the the sort of Damocles hanging over him knowing that his job is on the line. Maybe it's the front office telling him you need to play, you know, the younger guys or, you know, get McBride in the lineup, whatever the case might be. Um, I could see Sims taking Hardenstein's spot in the rotation. Um, although Sims didn't have a great night last night either. Um, you know, once the team gets back fully healthy and Obi's back in the mix, et cetera. Um, but uh, I'm personally a believer in Hardenstein. I, I, I know that that uh, you have, uh, you know, higher hopes for him as well. So we'll see, you know, if he can start improving. You know, we, it was talk that he was dealing with Achilles injury. Maybe he's not quite 100%. So we'll see how that plays out. But that's something to keep an eye on going forward.
0: Yeah, no, good points on all of that uh, for sure. And then one last thing we see Pascal going crazy and I, you know, multiple people were going to ask the question. And so I got to ask it. I mean, you know, is cam just on ice? I mean, you know, cam Reddit, you would think would be the body that would make sense to throw at him just to see if somebody else can guard him and um, cam didn't play at all. Derrick Rose took it, took the spot in the rotation that was left. By quitting grind. Thank God Tibbs didn't go to eight man rotation, which is what he was talking yeah, yeah, about. I'm like, how are you gonna go eight man rotation after a back to back? that would have been insane. Crazy. So Rose took that spot. He got a great standing ovation, which was nice to see. But uh was not going to grind not going to Cam there a mistake, or do you just kind of assume what I assume is that I just
1: don't think he's gonna play until he gets traded? Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the case. Um, you know, if the if looking back, Tibbs probably would have said, you know, I, I probably would have adjusted. Um, I, I obviously, you know, your, your game plan for against uh, Siakam. He's the best player, but you, I don't think you can expect anybody to go for you hang a fifty burger on you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, listen, I, I think if you know if they're going to play the Raptors on Friday, you know, like some back to back type stuff, um, I think you might see Siakam, or, you know, instead of Rose as the ninth guy, um, just to throw a body out him because it can't hurt but to me it's just one of those games where i you know no matter who you put out there um siakam was going to eat you know he was you know he was getting to get the lines 18 free throws and he got you know so he was just hitting jump shots and and you know didn't even really have to rely on the three he could knock down a three didn't really need it because he was scoring inside outside mid-range jumpers um so uh you know could could it wouldn't have hurt to put Cam on him but i'm not sure it would have made a difference no yeah i agree with that as well so nicks lose
0: uh one 13106 Winning Street. Snap.